All right. Welcome back. This is episode 16 of Johnny the Greek's Free Real Estate. Hope everyone had a nice week. Uh, I am joined with at Roto Heat Craig, Craig Ruth of Player Normal Activity, which is a great podcast. You should all check that out, by the way. We'll get into that shortly. Getting Defensive and IDP Heat Seekers. Craig, how's it going? It's going well. It's uh, always busy in the summer. It's somehow busier when the kids are not in school because there are so many different activities to be carting them around to do along with fancy football stuff and, of course, my paying job. Uh, so it keeps me busy and out of trouble. I hear you, man. Yeah, it feels like the uh, the redraft leagues are starting. The uh, y- You can feel the, the, sh- the shift in the air a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, the time of year when everything's ramping up after that draft period that everyone gets really excited about. There's sort of that lull, and then the new leagues or, you know, the redraft leagues that everyone is in from prior years start getting gearing back up, and some of those drafts are happening, but then redraft rankings, all that fun stuff starts coming out. And uh, once you get into mid-July, it's really sort of palpable that the NFL season is right around the corner. That's it, man. Yeah, I saw something the other day. College football is six weeks away, and uh, NFL is right behind that. So we are getting close. Uh, all righty. So let me just yep, throw out the it's usual. A fun time oh, every year. Uh, yes, sir. So let me just throw out the usual disclaimer here. This is a free fire zone. Uh, I'm sure I'll swear. I'm not sure if Craig will swear, but just keep that in mind. Might not be safe for work, etc. And with that, let's get into it. So, Craig, what have you been up to, man? I was on your pod a little while ago for Player Normal Activity. Is that new this offseason, or and what else have you been doing this offseason? Yeah, so that was new. I think it debuted the week of the draft, the week after the draft, so end of April. And it was an idea that I'd had, and you know, playing around, I'm really into puns and dad jokes and all that because, well... It's just always been part of my sense of humor. Um, and I wanted to work that in there and it, you know, something sort of like this where you can talk more than just about football while still being football related with people in the industry and get to know them or talk about something different. Um, and couldn't figure anything out. And I wasn't just going to have a show just to have a show. And the name, when they seen uh, Paranormal Activity popped into my head, like I could do something with that really like the paranormal type of stuff to just read and hear about it. So I started that up and we try to bank a couple shows a week, a couple weeks ahead. Um, that way we can get them out once a week on Fridays. So that's really the new thing for me this off season. Yeah, man, that, that was a awesome idea. Um, I, I was lucky enough to to do that with you a few weeks back and, uh, just a great idea. So you spend the first part of the show talking about, you know, a different player could be offense, could be IDP. Yep. And then you, you go into talking about if anyone had a paranormal experience or what their interest is. And, uh, let me ask you, what's the wildest thing you've heard so far with your interviews with that? So I think I've recorded 13 of them. I think we just recorded number 13. Um, and as far as like personal experiences type of stuff, I'd have to, it's really hard because like all the ghost stuff like has been really quality as far as talking to people about, but, uh, one of the early ones, I think it was number two that I had with Nate Polvote. He lives in the sort of greater Denver area. And one of the houses they originally had, they found out it was on this just basically mass burial site. 
throughout that suburb and there's just you know tons of people like still buried throughout there and just some of the weird things that happen in that area and then you know people digging around in a park or whatever they can find bones sometimes and this and that and it's like yeah that's that'd be really creepy to live sort of on top of a mass grave for several years and not find out until you know they're only there like four or five years i think you said but uh, a couple of years into it you find that out like yeah that might explain why you get some weird vibes and spooky stuff happening so yeah, that's that's wild. Um, no, thank you. Glad that's not me. <laughs> yeah, I would not want that. I would I would be looking to move to just that. I mean, I'm sure plenty of us are on top of you know dead people to some degree, one or another. But you're talking about you know that many just dead bodies. I think it was like hundreds or thousands because they just they had started to move the cemetery at one point and then they stopped because of a disagreement with the moving company and like you know the. There's a word for it, and I can't think of it, but where the exhume, exhumation of the bodies, um, right. and they got into a dispute, so they just stopped it. I'm like, eh, that, that, that sounds terrible, because you know about it, and now you're not doing anything about it, just letting people live on there. That's too creepy for me. Oh, yeah, no, thank you. That That is pretty wild. Um, yeah, so everybody should check that out. That is a great podcast series. So uh, let's let's circle back a little bit. Let's go back in time. So we're both Cowboys fans. Um, yeah. We we had a, a nice season until we ran into the 49ers. But what was what were your, your take or your thoughts on the rest of the playoffs? Did you enjoy the Super Bowl? Who did you want to win? How did the season wrap up for you? It was one of the Super Bowls where I actually really didn't care who won. Um, you know, it was the Bengals who had perpetually been sort of that little brother um, at best, you know, it's just, you know, towards the bottom of the division and laughing stock of the NFL to see them turn it around unexpectedly and get that far deep in the playoffs was nice. And then Matt Stafford, you know, I see a lot of the NFC, NFC North living up here in Wisconsin. Um, so I've seen him sort of wallowing in Detroit for a long time and seeing him actually succeed and do well. And then some other players, you know, Aaron Donald get a ring and, you know, yeah. uh, Von Miller and some of those defensive guys. It was nice to see them get a Super Bowl ring with you know, the career achievements that they've had. So I wasn't really going to be sad no matter who won that one. Yeah, I hear you, man. It was a rare, enjoyable Super Bowl both ways. And yeah, I mean, even guys like Jalen Ramsey getting a ring and, nope. you know, that was that was awesome. That was good stuff. All righty. So let's go even further back. So how did you start watching football? Was this a family thing or where did this start for you? Yeah, it started in, you know, the earliest I can remember is like around 1990 or so when I was four or five years old and it was the Packers. And of course, you know, the start of Brett Favre's career. And I was never a big fan of him. And they don't know why exactly I became a Cowboys fan. It was rebelling against my parents or, well, mainly my dad, who was a Packers fan and, you know, the, most of the extended family and or the Cowboys becoming the cool new thing. And it just everyone was talking about it looked so hip and awesome. There's probably some combination of that. I don't specifically remember what it was, but I do know that for the rest of my life and even now, Brett Favre just rubs me the wrong way. And uh, that probably had something to do with it, too, because everyone loved him and still do up in the, you know, Wisconsin and Green Bay area. But. I never bought into it. I, the gunslinger stuff is fun, but I maintain that he lost him as many games as he won with the way that he, he played. And I think, you know, his interception uh, touchdown rating sort of supports that too. Yeah. He, isn't he, I believe he has the interception record like pretty handily. Yep. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. Yeah. Those early Cowboys, uh, early nineties Cowboys are responsible for a lot of us that are fans now and wallowing in the mediocrity yep. of the, of the current regime. 
<laughs> yeah, when you know a lot of people like to these days the cool thing sort of like uh, pro athletes jump teams seemingly whenever they feel like it. I think uh, that's sort of in vogue too. Where people are now following players sometimes more so than teams or things are happening with teams that people are just like, no, I'm not that attached to you. Whether it's situations with like the Browns where you see some people doing it or teams are just terrible long enough, like Lions fans just jumping ship. I, I've just never understood the point of that. You know, if you want to and you enjoy that, you know, good for you. But I hung my head on the Cowboys when they were good. I'm not just going to jump off, even though it, sometimes it feels hopeless. I hear you, man. And and that's the point, right? Like you got to be loyal to your team. And it's, and it's, you know, all these bad years, I, I don't think we've, you know, 95 was the last Super Bowl, So that's, that's pushing 27 years now. And it's like, if and when they get back to the next yep. one and win it, it's going to be that much better. That That's the way I look at it. Yeah. All right. So what? So when you're not doing uh, stuff, um, you know, with with Gary and forgetting defensive and uh, Roto Heat, what do you do for a living? What's your nine to five? So I'm currently lucky enough to work from home when the pandemic hit. Uh, the company that I work for, which is a, it's a Fortune 300 or something insurance company. Um, they were in the process of having everyone move to remote or have the option to work remotely. And then all that happened. They're like, well, we have the ability to do it. We're just going to push everyone remote now. And it's gone well enough that you know, like they're selling off buildings that had uh, employees in it. And they're reducing their actual building footprint to where they're just having pretty much everyone that can work at home, work from home with the expectation of this is the way it's going to be going forward. So I get to work at home, which is nice, you know, uh, saves on gas car maintenance, get to be closer to kids around for more stuff. Um, but yeah, I work in uh, cl with the claims department for a major insurance company. Gotcha. Yeah, I used to do that, man, way back in the day for the Hartford Insurance Group. That, that can be rough um, if they don't have the right coverage. It's like, because sometimes you're the guy that's got to tell them no, and it's like, that's not that's not fun. Yeah, I'm uh, management at this point, so I don't necessarily have uh, the direct day-to-day -day stuff, but I do have the, um, you know, those more unfortunate conversations when people are really upset for whatever reason. So, yeah, it's usually not the fun conversations. Yep, I hear you, man. Been there. Um, all right, we're going to jump around a little bit here. So, so Cowboys fan, what's your outlook for this season? I, I know we touched on this a little bit on your podcast, but uh, what do you think? How do you think the season goes for us? I really feel it's between them and Philadelphia for the division. I don't think I'm going out on a limb saying that. I think those are clearly the two best teams. And just even if you look at offense alone, I think you can make a case that if Jalen Hurts takes that next step forward, that uh, the Cowboys have the less explosive offense. But I do like their defense a little bit better with the pieces that they've added. And, you know, they've had some lost pieces too. But with the cornerstone pieces and then some of the gems that they found, like Jaron Curse last year that, you know, is coming back, I think they have some impactful guys. And I think it's going to be really close between the two of them. I expect one to win it when to make the wild card. So I do think that they'll probably make the playoffs, um, especially I, I think they have that extended playoffs again where they have the – 17, I can't even remember, nine teams, yeah. eight teams, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they'll make it, and you know we'll have to see it. When, all you got to do is make it. You know, uh, The Bengals proved that last year. 
Yeah, that's it. You just just got to get hot at the right time. Um, mm -hmm. I'm I'm with you. A lot of a lot of people on here when you know when I mentioned Cowboys, like, oh yeah, they should win the division. I don't know, man. I'm with you. Philly made some moves, e even even defensively. I, everyone looks at the offensive moves, but getting James Bradbury and then addressing defensive tackle on the draft, like they they made Redick, some moves. Yeah. yeah, like across the board, they made some moves. Uh, I'm I'm a little scared of them this year. Yep, me too. And uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, he's a guy actually going to be doing something on recording with someone after this, just a short little couple minute thing about him. But if they up his passing game ability to actually not have players drop the ball and just throw a little bit more, he could easily be, you know, the number one for fantasy quarterback when you have that rushing floor upside that got him into the top 10 last year. And you look at compared to the other people up there, how few yards and touchdowns that he had. And if that passing game improves even a little bit, it's going to be a lot scarier than I think people anticipate. Yeah, definitely, dude. And yeah, I'm I'm with you. He is a great price right now, and the sky's the limit for him this year. I'm trying to draft him in Superflex in a lot of places, that's for sure. All righty. All right, so let's move on to, do you have a quick uh, short story from college or high school? Anything funny or interesting or anything for that? Oh boy, we had all sorts of weird stuff that we did. I, this isn't exactly like fun or wild or anything, but I'm a. I think this comes up later. A big Jurassic Park fan. One of the years in college, um, they always did, and it's been reduced uh, because they've uh, regulated it more. But UW Madison, uh, the campus, there's a street called State Street, and they used to have this enormous Halloween party where it's just sort of a free for all. You know, people dress up, get drunk, and just, you know, anything happens down there. And when we uh, were going into college, originally that was sort of the tail end before they really started regulating it. But we got dressed up for it. There was a group of uh, four or five of us that all dressed up in really detailed costumes of Jurassic Park. I was the the old guy that uh, had the cane, and someone got me one of those replica canes with, like, the amber on the top and the all-white <laughs> outfit and the hat. And, you know, I had a beard. It wasn't this nice, but I dyed it white, you know, with stuff. And it was really fun group thing, and everyone knew who it was, so... That, that came to mind for me initially with a just fun little anecdote. Uh, that's good stuff, man. I love that. Where, where did you go to school? I went to UW-Whitewater. It's in Whitewater, Wisconsin. Uh, for my undergrad, I was originally looking at going into uh, radio broadcasting, and I had a radio show there, which was a lot of fun for the campus, you know, try to try stuff out. And when I had my own show after your initial period, I was like 11 to 1, uh, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., and I could go until 6 a.m. when the next person showed up because otherwise it was just whatever loop music and then ads once I, you know, sort of signed off for the night. So sometimes we'd go to, you know, 3, 4 in the morning, whatever, just doing whatever. No one was paying attention. Thank God the FCC wasn't paying attention to us because we would have gotten in a lot of trouble with some of the dumb stuff we didn't set on the air. But um, once I figured out there was no money to be made in that, really, unless you spent several, several years you know, at the bottom of the barrel and then hopefully you make it into a big market and make a name for yourself. And then, you know, you might be kicking the door fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 at that point. Like I probably don't want to be doing that. So I switched gears and I went into political science and I went to law school at UW Madison. Oh, wow. That's awesome, man. So, so is this, I, you gotta forgive me. I'm a Northeast guy. I have no idea. So this is Wisconsin, like the Wisconsin 
Yeah, UW Wisconsin is uh, UW or Wisconsin, like the main, like when you see the uh, Wisconsin yep. Badgers, that's UW Madison. Gotcha. That's awesome. So I, I got to assume you went to some games uh, while you were there. Yeah, even uh, nicer than that. Well, I shouldn't say nicer than that, but, you know, as part of that, my last year there, our apartment building was literally across the street from Camp Randall. So, you know, we got to sit out on our roof and see people and, you know, the opposing team would get their stuff there at five, six in the morning and there are people out, you know, drinking already yelling at them. So you're up (laughs) at that time. And then, you know, when they do their jump around thing, like literally your house is shaking because of vibrations from that whole stadium, just literally across the street from you. And there's cameras walking around on the street. It was a lot of fun being there. Oh, that's awesome, man! I'm je- I'm so jealous of that. We we do not have that anywhere near us. That's that's the thing. Nor- Northeast is basketball, not football. We we do not have good college football. Yeah. Oh man! Yeah, those basketball games get rowdy too, though. Right, they got a good basketball team too. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Who was the best player you saw play there? Um, college-wise, Ron Dane. Uh, he was, well, no, I didn't see him play there. He came, this is why my mind is so messed up. Uh, he was there my last year, but it was like in uh, doing autographs and all that sort of stuff. And he came to our house um, to get some alcohol, actually. And we, one of my buddies got him <laughs> to sign some stuff. That's why I think of him. But it was the one of the games where probably Terrell Pryor, from a college point of view, with how good he was at Ohio State when they came and uh, Wisconsin actually beat him. Um, wow. th- that home game, yeah, you can imagine how crazy that place went. But that that Terrell Pryor college season, that big one, um, that was a lot of fun to see him. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm jealous. That is good stuff. All righty. All right, so we're going to continue bouncing around a little bit. So you mentioned you got some family. What do you got, a couple a couple boys, I think it is? I got one boy and four girls. So Oh, uh, Jesus. Yeah, we got a... And they're age uh, 10, so the oldest is 10 in about a month, and the youngest is a year in a week. So Ooh. we got a, a nice gamut there. And then my wife, uh, she stays at home and takes care of them. And then we got a cat who's seven years old, I think, uh, from the Humane Society. We adopted her. And then our dog that we had... Um, would have been like 11. Uh, he unfortunately uh, had to be put down on the uh, first day of summer, actually. So oh, we're man. looking at getting a puppy here soon. Yeah, I hear you, man. That's rough. That's rough. You know, pets are, they're just like, you know, they are a member of the family. So, yep. um, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. And well, I've well, dealt with it before, and, you know, it, you know, can deal with it yourself, but uh, trying to explain it and uh, help kids through it is a completely different thing to, to work yeah. on. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, when you guys get the puppy, though, I'm sure that'll that'll help quite a bit. But, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, they're excited, and they're already trying to pick out names and all that sort of stuff. Like, we don't even have one picked out yet. Let's, you know, one step at a time, but <laughs> it's fun. Uh, that's good stuff, man. Um, yeah, and uh, if you got any interest, we're doing a cat, cat-themed My Fantasy Football uh, League. Um, coming up here and I'm writing articles on all the cats, their owners and like funny stories about them. So you're more than welcome. Wow. That sounds awesome. Yes, sir. So, uh, okay. So how about fantasy and IDP? When did you make the leap into starting that and IDP is like particularly. 
So 2001, I was in, I think it was my sophomore year of high school is when I got in to his freshman or sophomore year. I, my dates are all just messed up in my mind. Um, but yeah, I, I was in high school and we started one just with the people that I worked with. I worked outside all day at a seed corn companies were walking up and down the cornfields and that was before smartphones and all that. So you're, you're just having to talk to the people that you're with. And uh, we would like have pen and paper out there and we'd talk and like, oh, I draft this guy. And of course, you know, like after the day, whoever picked first the next day, there didn't invariably be guys that you forgot about that you'd go online and see. So it was kind of fun and goofy that way. But I didn't get into IDP until 2012. There was a group of us that started a league um, that had been doing a keeper league through a bunch of college friends from the dorm. And then we wanted to do a dynasty league because we'd started to hear about those. And like, well, let's do IDP in there too. So we started off with the you know, sort of basic 2D linemen, 2D defensive backs, 2 linebackers, and the flex. So a decent amount and adequate scoring. It wasn't anything on par with the offense, but it was enough to keep them relevant where, you know, you know, two-thirds is sort of what a top offensive guy can score. And that league's still running, so... Nice. That's awesome, man. That's good stuff. Who are some of your favorite, uh, like guys from your first couple of years playing? Yeah. So the first one I went back and looked because I have spreadsheets of all these drafts we've gone through and we have like a comprehensive, I run the league. So it's a comprehensive, like just set of sheets, but like, you know, like we have every trade ever made, ever made in the league, how many times everyone's traded with each other and, you know, like all that, like lifetime, um, matchup metrics and all that sort of fun stuff. That way people can, you know, sit there nice. and go to each other on a little bit. But uh, <laughs> Jason Peter Paul was the first IDP that I took um, ever. Nice. And then you know, some of the other guys, Levante David was one that I really liked back then, and he's still going strong. Uh, another guy that was an early pick right around that time, uh, Daryl Washington. You know, he had two good years, and uh, I think he got suspended and fell off the face of the earth. You know, never heard from him again. So... <laughs> Those are some of the guys in that first draft um, that went that uh, went, going through back there. It's like, oh, yeah, man, look at where some of these players went and, and nothing happened. Rolando McClain was one that someone took, you know, relatively high. And another guy yeah. that never did a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Those names. Yeah. They bring back memories, man. That's that's good stuff, though. But JPP and Levante David still going strong. That's that's kind of wild. Yeah, and you know it's 10, 11 years later. It's it's nice to see some of those early picks. Well, you know, they didn't end up that bad actually. We had some idea what we were doing. Yeah, good stuff. So uh beyond fantasy and uh you know the kids and whatnot, what else do you do hobby wise? Uh you mentioned Jurassic Park. Uh yeah, what what else are you into? Yeah, I you know, it's not really a whole lot of memorabilia, but you know, I get some Jurassic Park stuff here and there. I have all the Original double-sided movie posters. I have those hanging up um, in frames downstairs in the basement. Um, Lego is a big thing that I was into as a kid that I got into with my son. And, of course, they're making, like, original Jurassic Park Lego because they didn't have the brands and all stuff back then. So getting some of that stuff is fun. Um, for a while there, I was trying to get back into sports cards. Um, again, you know, with my son, something fun. But the price of that is just so high these days. It's just you can't really get into it unless you're, like, trying to collect one specific player and you go get their cards. That's fine. But, you know, buying a box of cards is any decent sort of brand you're looking at, 500 to to $1,000 anyway. And it's like it takes the fun out of that for kids to know that that much money involved. Um 
Pokemon. My my kids are all really into that. So there's a, a Pokemon Go game on the phone. I don't know if you heard of that, but they like oh, playing yeah. that, walking around and doing that stuff. So we do that as a family. And yeah, they keep me busy. So pretty much whatever they're into, like sports now. <laughs> my son's got baseball. My oldest daughter's got softball. All of them, except her one-year-old has swimming lessons in the summer. There's going to be volleyball camp, and then there's going to be basketball and soccer, flag football. So keeping them uh, moving around and happy and healthy is pretty much a full-time job. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it, man. That's that's awesome, though. That's good stuff. And, uh, you know, it, how did you get started with all this? Because uh, you, you've been around for a minute. When did you make the jump into podcasting and, you know, getting into fantasy Twitter and all that? So I didn't get into fantasy Twitter really until year and a half ago. Oh, it's almost two. I think it's like two years in uh, December ish is when I started paying attention because I was like on Twitter since like 2008 or something. But I was really only following just some famous people and then some fantasy football people. Gary and I've told him this was one of the first fantasy football people that I followed. So you know, like paying attention <laughs> to him. It's uh, now being on a show with him. It's kind of a a weird but fun thing, but I didn't start doing content at all until 2020. It was around February when I joined Roto Heat. Uh, one of my friends told me about their Facebook group. That's where he had found them, so I joined that and was poking around, and then they posted. They are looking for help with IDP writers and rankers and that stuff, and my friend's like, oh, you'd be good at that, and I'm like, well, we'll see, you know, what it all going to entail, and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, for rankings and get some articles done when you can, and you know, we're looking into getting more shows on YouTube. So I joined early, I think it was February 2020. And of course, that's right when the pandemic started coming over to the United States, which gave people more free time because they're not going out as much and everything. So my first article came a couple months after that. We, we did rankings, you know, right away. And they got me involved in that. But my first article was about Byron Jones signing with the Dolphins. So nice. that was a time frame for me. And then right around, I think it was after the draft that year, so that summer, when we started doing uh or i started going on to the idp show that they have yeah awesome man that's good stuff um yeah it's you know it once you take the plunge it's like a natural progression to just keep adding stuff and it looks like you've done that too yeah however much you want to do you know, you can find somewhere something to do whether it's writing or going on shows or ranks or whatever there, there's always more you can learn and do if you really want to yeah, absolutely, man. So uh, who are some of the sleepers? I mean, we just mentioned it's uh, redraft season, so we're getting you know some startups and some redrafts going. Who are some of the sleepers you've been uh, grabbing this year so far? Could be offense, could be IDP, whatever you're feeling. So uh, IDP, start with two of them, and these are sort of deeper leagues because that's mainly what I play. Um, you know, know your league, know your settings, know your score and all that sort of stuff. But Greg Gaines, as far as like those defensive tackles or interior linemen, I really liked what he showed last year. You know, being next to Aaron Donald is usually a nice place to be. Um, so the combination of those two things, he's a guy that, you know, a lot of people just don't even know who he is. He can usually get free at the end of drafts or waivers, but I think he's going to be productive. And then uh, safety, Talanoa Hufanga. For the 49ers, I think he's going to end up starting. And he showed a lot in college that I really liked. Got some playing time last year, and he had some good games. So he's another late guy that you know isn't really on people's radar, but I think is going to end up being a nice person to have on your bench and fill in if you need to. He's not someone – neither one of them probably 
you're going to be starting in any sort of average size lead, but guys to keep an eye on in those. And then I have to throw a plug in on offense if we're talking about sleepers. How much of a sleeper, you know, it all depends on where you look. But Jamison Crowder is my guy. He has been since he came into the league with Washington. He's just one of those hyper-efficient slot guys that, you know, catches the ball, gets just a few yards, and that's been a really nice spot to be in in that Buffalo offense now where he is. So if he does take over that role that Cole Beasley had for the past couple of years, you know, he's going a lot later. You know, he's, I think it's gone up, but I think he's still in like the 60s as far as wide receiver being drafted or the late 50s. Um, and I think he's going to end up having a lot higher return than that. Yeah, definitely. That Buffalo offense is awesome. <clears throat> and uh, I love the Greg Gaines pick because, yeah, Seb- what's it? Sebastian Joseph Day is gone. Yep. Um, and then um, Hafunga. Yeah, a lot of people haven't put that together yet. Uh, Jakuski Tart's gone, too. So uh, yep. he's he, he's right in line to start. So those are some good ones right there. All righty. So if you had a Mount Rushmore of your favorite idp players or the greatest idp players however you want to set it up uh you get four guys who would they be yeah this is one where i really had to sort of think about it and i sort of framed it in the you know the time frame that i was uh, around for idp because you know if you went back into history of course you know like well lawrence taylor would have been a great idp player or whatever but um man so guys that i i know that i had on there jj watt was one of them, you know, a healthy J.J. Watt in his prime. You know, he was a league winner in the definition of that, of everything you'd want in a defensive lineman. Luke Keekley too, um, man, the career that that guy had, and unfortunately, you know, injuries got a hold of him, and he decided to hang it up, but he was a hell of a one. Um, Julius Peppers was another one that came to mind, yeah. um, just in terms of longevity and, uh, you know, getting everything that you want as far as tackles, uh, big plays, all of it. The last one was hard. And I, there's a whole list of guys that, you know, come to mind when you're trying to work your way through this sort of stuff. But uh, I don't know how deep of a name do we want to pull here? He didn't last that long, but uh, Eric Berry. I I think if he hadn't gotten struck by the, you know, the the cancer and you, I know you made a little bit of a comeback, but he he was just something else as far as the defensive backs will throw one in there off the bat. That uh, was a big name that unfortunately just got cut short because of nothing even on the field, but. Yeah. Uh, You're the second guy that's mentioned Eric Berry in this interview series. And I I love that. He he was, he was so good, man. He was so good. And, And no one remembers this guy, but he was, like he was like Derwin James. Now he was an total X factor. Like the guy could tur- turn the game around by himself. Like it was insane how good he was. And it was really just one of those unfortunate things where in terms of the teams that they had in Kansas city, um, he didn't get a whole lot of play where, you know, you would have stick him on these teams with Mahomes and, on the, and that sort of offense, man, he'd be getting the sort of attention that he deserved. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, put him in these shootouts they got going on now. Oh my God, he would feast. He would absolutely yep. feast. Yeah, that's a that's a great answer. Love that. Uh, all right, let's get some stupid early predictions in. So, if you had to pick the guy that's going to finish one at each one of these spots at the end of the year, starting with inside linebacker for this season, who are you taking? So I'm gonna. I mean, I, you probably do get because you know it's like. Like you said, super early predictions, and you're guessing who's going to the top guy be. These aren't going to probably be out on a limb, but Roquan Smith, yep, the inside linebacker. 
Yep, that is my answer too. And it and it may not be, but he is the safest in my opinion. Um, you know, it, yep. pro- production, playing time, uh, situation, all of it is just perfect. Uh, yep. So I'm with you there. How about a pass rush linebacker, outside linebacker? We'll say like T.J. Watt, Shaq Barrett, like those guys. Uh, I know MFL screwed this question up, but old <laughs> old, old pass rush linebackers. <laughs> yeah, T.J. Watt is the guy. I mean, he's just done it at such a high level ever since he came into the league. And there's any number of guys that could step in there and be like, you know, if, if Micah Parsons was a full-time rush linebacker, I think he'd be in that conversation. But I don't think he's going to be used that way, and he really isn't labeled that way now. So I can't give it to anyone else besides T.J. Watt. Yep, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, right. That Parsons, um, there are a couple of guys that could challenge, but yeah, he's he's had, you know, way above the rest. How about a defensive end? This was a lot harder for me because there's two names that come to mind right away. And w- with the uncertainty going on in Cleveland, I'm going to give it to Nick Bosa. Um, I don't know how that offense is going to look for the Browns, and you know that does matter for the opportunities that the defense can get. So I do think that whether it's Garoppolo, and we've sort of seen how that team runs on offense, if he's there for the 49ers and Trey Lance, I still think they're going to be able to have big plays and be an efficient offense to where Bosa is going to get enough of those pass rushing opportunities, and they got some good young talent around him. That I'll go with Bosa for this one, Nick Bosa. Yeah, that's a great answer. I love that. I haven't even thought about that either. You're right. Miles Garrett may not have as many pass rush opportunities just due to the nature of the game. They might be down because Jacoby Brissett's in, you know? Um, yep. Yeah, not not great. Didn't even consider that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's hard to say, but I, you know, without going too much into it, I don't see how Watson doesn't get some sort of a suspension. And to your point, oh, yeah. we've seen Brissett. He's a fine game manager, but that's not going to help you as far as getting the defense on the field more to get you those IDP points. Right. And not in that division, too. That's a rough division. Yeah. yeah. All righty. How about a defensive tackle? Another boring one, but I can't go with anyone besides Aaron Donald until <laughs> you see some sort of dip, you know, to bring him back down to a humanly level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No argument there. Um, how about safety, though? Safety is a little trickier. It is. Um, you mentioned him earlier, but if, if he's healthy for the season, give me Derwin James. The, the guy does everything. He gets you an amazing tackle floor. He gives you all sorts of big plays, tackles for a loss, you know, force fumbles recovered, interceptions, pass to flight. Like, he literally does everything that you would want in the safety in today's NFL. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if he could just stay a little bit healthier, man, that guy is so good. Absolutely. And how about corner? Gary's favorite position. Yeah, and this is so hard to pick. You know, there's like top-tier NFL corners that don't always end up being the best in terms of production. You know that from your cornerback corner that you you do during the season. But if I have to pick one that I think is both quality in terms of on the field play, and then IDP, I'm going to go with uh, Kenny Moore for the Colts. Yep. Yeah, once again, that's like the Roquan pick. It's it's just super safe, right? You know Kenny Moore is going to be a top five guy, like for sure. And, you know, odds are pretty good. He'll be number one. So, yep, no argument there. All righty. And how about uh, way early? Well, somewhat early. We're getting there. Super Bowl. Who's going? Who's winning? So, and this is just the way my weird mind works. I've, I've always felt bad for the Bills. You know, I liked seeing them win, or excuse me, the Cowboys win those two Super Bowls. You know, the the Cowboys' second Super Bowl win it was the first big moment that I can really sort of like remember in my mind mattering. Like, oh, you know, th- this is two in a row. Th- this team really has something special. 
But at the same time, especially as I've gotten older, it's like, man, that really sucks for Buffalo. I mean, four in a row and you lose all of them like this. It's such a gut punch, you know, three years in a row just consecutively getting worse. Um, so now that they have a good team um, and they, if they get there, they're probably not playing Dallas. <laughs> It'd be another conversation <laughs> if they're playing Dallas, but I'd like to see Buffalo get there and win one. And I, I think they have the team to do it too now. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Yep, they are the uh, the odds-on favorite this year. I was looking at early Super Bowl odds the other week. Um, yeah, so no argument there. Who goes in the NFC, though? Yeah, that's a much harder proposition. And if I have to sort of go out on a limb and pick a team that you're not really getting picked, and I don't know so much that if I had to put money on it, I'd have to see what the odds are, you know, do that sort of balancing act. But uh, I think a Vikings buffalo super bowl would be a lot of fun in terms of you know franchises that have just not had a lot of good luck and i think it sounds they're going to let up or loosen up that offense a little bit and let them throw more and use those weapons and i think their defense is nicer this year than last year too i mean if you look at sort of that edge core that they have with hunter and zadarius and then they have hicks and kendricks in the middle that's probably the best sort of inside their defense uh, that they've had in a long time and then you still got um, you know, Harrison Smith back there leading that uh, secondary. I think they got the pieces, and with Green Bay, I think probably taking a step back in terms of just offense, I think the door's open for them to make a move. Yeah, that's a great answer. Uh, no one said that yet, and I, I'm with you. That that I could totally see that happening. They do feel like a solid playoff team. I could totally see them winning that division this year. And, yeah, all they got to do is get in and make a run, and they, they got the talent, that's for sure. Yep. Nice. That's good stuff. Uh, all right. We're going to shift gears and get into some more personal type questions. So uh, what are you watching for TV right now? Let's start there. So I don't watch a whole lot of TV as it's going on. There, there's one show that's, I'll say, active, like a, a real TV show. And I don't count streaming shows because generally speaking, like Netflix, those are all dumped at once or something. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I've watched years ago that I'll go back and rewatch because I've forgotten about it. But current TV shows that are ongoing that are released weekly, um, Succession on HBO is my favorite. I got into that one, um, I think, middle of season one off a podcast recommendation. I've always read Brian Cox and everything that he's done. And man, the, the casting, the writing, just everything in there just is perfect to me. So that's my my current uh, show that I love. Love that show. I am totally current, caught up across the board. Uh, it is is so great. So absolutely great. Um, the betrayal at the end there, Shiv's husband. Um, man, that was, that was awesome. And then Cousin Greg is my favorite. <laughs> The way that they're able to each season consecutively consecutively have like another just out of nowhere gut punch where it's like they, they build the tension up per perfectly in those last couple episodes each year and then you don't know it's coming and then they hit you with it and you're like i how am i waiting another year year and a half like <laughs> i need this now this is not fair it's just the way they do that i mean even the music in that show just that you know there's no vocals to it. It's just you know, sort of that classical background music that's you know, like haunting and fits the show perfectly. I'd, there's nothing about that show that I don't like. Oh yeah, it is. It is so good. Uh, YouTube threw a recommended clip at me the other day where um, ah, what the hell is Shiv's husband's name? I keep forgetting. Um, Tom in the show. Tom, Tom, where Tom eats the chicken wing, and yep. he's like, "Thank you for the chicken." 
and like that that's just so genius all that like it's it's just so it's such an interesting show it really is and it, anyone that hasn't watched it is like what the hell are these two talking about but you got to check it out like it it's a great show and it's hbo they don't make bad shows they're incapable yeah they know what they're doing yeah no doubt uh all right great answer there how about movies all-time movies or some you know i mean my favorite all-time and it, to me it's not close and i think it's still one of the most influential movies ever jurassic park you know the movie that holds up that's 30 years old now um 30 years old next year um the the cgi mixed with the puppets and the, the sort of stuff and that just works so much better than most of the stuff they're putting out now in terms of realism and how it looks and then just what that meant for you know sort of the cgi movement taking a huge step forward and still if you look at you know whether it's inflation adjusted box office or you know just box office in general it's still up there in the you know, top like 30 35 movies of all time and money made and for good reason you know it, it just i love dinosaurs as a kid and then being able to see that um it was something else so that that's up there other movies that somewhere in the list for me jaws um it's just another all-time great no Country for Old Men, it's a newer one, but I really just super enjoyed that movie. And uh, threw a comedy in there, Ghostbusters. Nice, nice. Yeah, th those are good picks. I like that. Uh, yeah, in, in Jurassic Park, man, like that's a that was a Michael Crichton book. And uh, yep. I read the I read the book uh, before I saw the movie. And he is a heck of an author. If anyone's ever, you know read his stuff sphere is really good andromeda strain um congo he, was another one yeah he knows how to, to how to write a story that that is for sure yep yeah good stuff uh all right so if you won the lotto tomorrow the big one the powerball well uh, are you retiring what are you doing i don't i mean i'm not retiring right away because i wouldn't know what to do with myself um <laughs> and uh, i you know a job is a job and sometimes you do it and i got into my current job just as a way to make money make ends meet but uh on the day-to-day -day, it isn't that bad i do enjoy a lot of it um the talking to people part of it <laughs> like it sounds bad but it's the part i enjoy the least you know the behind the scenes you know leading people help people improve all that sort of sorts I, I enjoy that aspect of it but i probably wouldn't retire you know we'd probably get a new house um, make sure I have money set aside for the kids and family and all that sort of stuff for the future, whatever they want. I've never really gone on any big vacations. I want to go to Vegas at some point just to see the different shows and just the fun atmosphere there. And then Hawaii, because everyone says Hawaii, but if they also filmed the original Jurassic Park there and going on that tour is something that I want to do. Oh, yeah. Those are good spots, definitely. Yeah, I hear you, man. I don't know what I would do. I mean, it'd be nice to have the money, but that the time is important too, keeping a routine and all that yep. stuff. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, okay. If you could time travel to any event in history, personal or historical, whatever, what would it be and why? Well, uh, if you could go back in time in regards to like anything period, it, it would be the dinosaurs just to see, you know, what the earth was like, the creatures around everything going on, just the sheer proportion of how different the planet was and the life forms on the planet. My obsession with dinosaurs but if there's uh, one within the course of human time frame on Earth here, it would be the O.J. Simpson, just what happened that night in regards to the relation with him, with Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. And, you know, 
I have my own theories in regards to what happened or what didn't. Um, and that part's interesting, but just the sheer effect that it had on, you know, human life since then with, you know, they called it the trial of the century for a reason. Everyone was sitting around during that Bronco chase glued to a TV. If you heard about it or listened to it on the radio, everyone was paying attention when that verdict was going on, you know, like I think they said like Domino's still the record for the most pizza sold like in one day was the day that that verdict came down because everyone was just like not leaving the house. They just wanted to know what happened. There's just so much that happened from a societal point of view where everyone had an opinion. Everyone was split and you don't really truly know, you know, two different verdicts with the criminal. He wasn't found guilty or the civil that he was and, you know, the resulting things that happened to OJ, you know, and ending up in prison, you know, that it's all links in a chain. And, uh, I was just obsessed with it as a kid, and I still am now. Yeah, definitely, man. And uh, it, uh, OJ Made in America, everyone should watch that. Great documentary about that. ESPN did really good stuff. Yep. All righty. Are you an aliens guy or a no aliens guy? So I do think um, it depends on how you define aliens. I mean, there's other life forms in the planet. I don't know that that's really contested by people. If you want to talk about intelligent life, you could probably argue what counts as being intelligent. But, you know, even those recent photos from that uh, telescope that they have out there about, you know, like how many galaxies there are within like, you know, one grain of sand if you hold it up at an arm's length and all that and everything out there. I think there has to be just statistically some other form of intelligent life, but it seems like the odds of us coming across it or it coming across us are just so minute. I don't know that we'd really know. Yeah. Right. It's too big. The space is too big. And, uh, you know, even achieving the speed of light is like a monumental achievement and, uh, that ain't going to do it. Right. You're still talking thousands of years to get anywhere. (laughs) It's crazy. Not enough. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Uh, okay. Do you have a favorite football memory? Could be in person, could be on TV, whatever. Yeah. I mean, the, the first one, like I said, is that uh, second Dallas Super Bowl against Buffalo. I remember the first one, you know, bits of it, but I, the second one more so, you know, where I was, what I was doing, how I was with, you know, in terms of seeing it on TV, how it played out. I remember that one the most. But if we're talking about just a, like a fun memory or something, and it wasn't because of the game so much, but whenever lately the Packers and this like the past 12 years have hosted the Cowboys, um, except for the most recent one, I've gone to the games with friends and everything. And nice. it, due to weather and kids, we didn't go to the last one. But there was one of them where it was just like a terrible situation that was playing out. Dallas was getting destroyed. It was they had John Kitna in at quarterback because Romo oh. was hurt. And that's when Roy Williams was on the team. And I'm just drinking, drinking, drinking back in those days. And you know, for good reason, everyone's giving me crap. I'm in my Cowboys gear. Packers fans will give you crap, but they're not just complete a-holes about it for the most part. Right. And uh, at the end of the game, Kitna throws a touchdown to Roy Williams right at the end zone where we are. And they had both come from Detroit recently. And I uh, I stood up and I just started chanting, like, go Detroit Lions or something. And everyone thought that was hilarious. And it would it was a terrible team. It didn't go anywhere. It was a terrible game, but it had some fun and some laughs, and a little bit of the section started chanting for the Lions during a <laughs> Cowboy-Packers game. So, Oh, that's good stuff, man. I, I saw Vinny Testaverde play against the Giants as a Cowboys quarterback, so I feel Ooh. your pain. 
We we had some ridiculously bad quarterbacks. People don't know how good we got it with Dak. They have no idea. Uh, it's all these new Cowboys fans that never dealt with cocaine Quincy or Testaverde or Kitna or any of those guys. Well, yeah, I mean, the past, what, 15 years, it's sort of been Dak and Romo. Yep. I mean, and Romo on his own was just completely underrated because he did tend to fall apart a little bit and under pressure, but most quarterbacks do, you know? I mean, most never get to the big game or anything, and Romo was a lot better than people gave him credit for, probably myself included. Yeah, definitely, man. We are lucky uh, with the current guy, that's for sure. So how about a favorite non-football memory? This was one of the easier ones uh, that I had come to mind when you, you sent me something. And um, on HBO, they just released a two-part George Carlin documentary. And uh, ever since I was in an age where I probably shouldn't be listening to George Carlin, he was sort of my first big comedic influence in my life in the, like the mid-90s to the late-90s when – um, may or may not have been downloading it off a Napster on dial-up to try to listen to that sort of stuff. And uh, I actually got to see him live before he died. It was May 17th, 2008. He was up at uh, UW-Green Bay, so the Green Bay College within the UW system. Uh, he was just doing one of his uh, routines in preparation for his uh, special and my brother told me about it. He lit up in Oshkosh, and we're both big fans. He's like, well, come drive up to me, and then we'll go up, and we'll watch him, and then we'll drive back down. It's not like an hour and a half or something like that. And I'm really happy that I got to see him live before he died. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that HBO documentary that just came out on him is really good also. Yeah. Yeah. He is such an interesting guy with the way he reinvented himself you know, time after time throughout his career and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Always good. Always relevant. Absolutely. So uh, what's something hard you've had to overcome and what did you learn from it? The one that came to mind with that was uh, freshman year of high school, getting into football. You know, we had tackle football seventh and eighth grade, but it really wasn't the same. And you get into you know, learning what two a days are and that sort of stuff. And the weather in Wisconsin that time of year is really hit and miss and it was raining a lot. So, you know, my feet were always wet and I was getting blisters doing these two a day stuff that I'm not used to. And then I came down with pneumonia too, and we didn't know it right away, but I'm like trying to fight through this plane because there was still the, the time frame um, in Wisconsin where there wasn't a whole lot of uh, attention paid necessarily to people's health um, in sports. You know, you suck it up, be a man, you know, that sort of stuff was much more prevalent right or wrong the way it was. And, uh, I, you know, the, the head coach at the time with the varsity team, you know, yelling at you, giving you crap and stuff. Cause you're slowing down. And, you know, I hadn't gone to the doctor. I didn't know what was wrong yet. Oh. And, uh, I, I had wanted to, to quit at that point. Cause I just physically, I couldn't do it. And I talked to the freshman coach and he was a really nice guy. He was one of the teachers for incoming freshmen and stuff too. He's like, listen, you know, he was very understanding, you know, take some time, you know, go to the doctor, you know, figure out what's wrong. You know, we're not going to kick you off the team or whatever. Don't quit, you know, play it out this year and that sort of stuff. And ended up going to the doctor and, you know, finding out I had pneumonia and whatever oh. um, and healed up. And I, I, I played some during the season and stuff. And, you know, I thanked him at the end of the year, the freshman coach, for, you know, talking me through it and you know, not letting me quit. So it was a nice lesson that, hey, you know, stuff can go bad. It's not always going to stay bad. You can work your way through it and, you know, teaching some of that perseverance and type of stuff. It has been really useful for my life. 
Yeah, absolutely, man. That's that's a great point. And uh, yeah, I mean, football will teach you a lot about life. Um, that's for sure. That's a great lesson. Yeah. Okie dokie. So this is a Z-Mag special. If you were about to, do you, do you have any last words you would utter if you're about to go out in a blaze of glory? I, I thought about that one for a long time, and I don't have anything because the way my mind works, it'd probably be some sort of dad joke or dumb pun just based on whatever way I'm going out in glory. You know, like you said, you know, like if you're doing something with a fire, be like, well, let's get fired up or, you know, something dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like that, you know, like, hey, if this is it, you know, make a dumb joke and have that be the end of it. So I, I didn't have anything specific, but that sort of stuff is what came to mind. Oh, that works for me. That's that's a better answer than I usually get, because no one has gotten a great answer to this question yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. It is. It is. It makes you think. Uh, all right. Let's get into the hot water. So we'll start with everyone's favorite argument on fantasy Twitter. What's your favorite platform and why? My favorite platform. It's it's not, none of them that uh, everyone always picks, but just because I was on it for the longest and used to it, I really liked Yahoo. They had a functional app that was really fun. They had a nice site layout. I knew where everything was. The only thing is they weren't really huge into customization. So once you start getting into deep leagues and more advanced leagues with all these different they had the positions with the scoring for positions and all that sort of stuff. You didn't really have it. So as I've gotten deeper into fantasy football, that that's sort of gone by the wayside. So if I have to pick MFL or sleeper, um, I like having an app that's functional. So I go with sleeper. Um, I, I can't handle whatever third party apps that MFL throws at me. If I could sit at a computer all day, I'd be happy, but I can't. So if I have to work off of my phone, I prefer sleeper. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and I, I love the Yahoo answer. I'm still on Yahoo. I uh, My first league was like 03 and still, you know, I, I can't quit it now because for yep. redra redraft, it's the best for, for oh, redraft. Yeah. Easy, like easily the best. Um, so I'm with you there. Uh, okay. And uh, your typical approach. <clears throat> so you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, you like those more advanced crazy leagues. I think we all do, right? Like if we've made it this far and we're writing and yep. ranking and yeah, I mean, no one's playing vanilla anything anymore, but uh, what's your typical approach? If it's, you know, super flex, full IDP, uh, corners, DTs, the whole shebang, are you a punt linebacker guy? Or are you a draft defensive line later guy? Like all things being even, what's your normal approach? At this point, I probably look to take the like defensive ends or defensive linemen first because it just feels like a more of a precipitous drop off once you get past that first couple tiers in terms of quality linebackers. And maybe it's arrogant uh, on my part. I know some people are better at it than I am, but it feels like if you know what you're looking for and you're on top of it, you can find productive linebackers every year, sort of like cornerbacks, especially with the way the league has gone to not having those. You know, every team or even half the teams having that guy that's going to be out there for 90% of the snaps. You know, you have just that big mush of players, you know, somewhere between 45 and 70%, it seems. Well, the more you have of those and the fewer guys that are on their field for every down, the more guys that you can find that are going to give you some sort of production at linebacker. So that's sort of how I've shifted in the past couple of years. Yep. Nope. I'm with you hundred percent. I mean, yeah, the first month may not be great for, for our teams with our linebackers, but once those waiver wire guys hits, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll make it work. Yep. 
All right. And thoughts on fantasy Twitter. Uh, so you've been on Twitter since 08, but really in fantasy Twitter for a couple of years. What's your take on uh, the community? I think it's all depending on what you want to get out of it. If you're in there trying to find a serious discussion and people to give you all the league winners and this and that, by and large, no one's going to. Most people, if they're really doing intensive work, it's behind some sort of a paywall. Not that that's right or wrong. It's just the nature of it because if people are doing that much work, that much detail, they want to get something for their time. If you're out there to have fun, joke around, you know, learn a little bit, connect, you know, network, that sort of stuff, I think it's really useful. If you're not going to be an a-hole about everything, go out there, try to meet people, have some fun, joke around. I think it's really useful that way, and that's mainly how I use it. I, I do my best to not get into serious discussions because, one, it'll drive you insane. There's no declared winner until it's too late, and then too many people... want to just sit on the hits that they get when someone's like, oh, you know, I had this breakout pegged, you know, back in May. And you look at it, it's like, well, you pegged 20 different breakouts and two of them hit. It's like, well, (laughs) congratulations. And you can't argue with those people because they're not going to point out the ones where they failed. So it's like, whatever, I, I can't get into that part of it. Yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah, no, take, take what you want, leave the rest. Absolutely. All right, and uh, and we'll wrap up with these last few here. So, what do you got? What are you doing this season? Let's start there. Um, anything different? Anything new this season? Not really. I mean, I don't know how long the the player normal activity thing. If that's going to be just an outside of the season thing, or if I'm going to try to do him like turn it to every other week, or you know, it really depends on how many people are interested and wanting to be on it. So we'll see how that goes. Um, the IDP heat seekers. So it's on Monday nights during the off season. So in season on Roto Heat, we don't have a live show, but we do like waiver shows that we recorded. We release like on Mondays or early Tuesdays. I do the waiver wire article for IDP over on Roto Heat. That'll be my third year doing that. And then uh, I think the current Tuesday night getting defensive show on Gridiron Ratings is moving to Monday nights. So that'll be Monday nights in season. I'll be hosting that with uh, Gary and I believe Brandon. Nice. That sounds good. And then uh, any upcoming projects or anything that you want to do maybe next off season or like, you know, you did the player normal activity thing this year. Is there anything else like that that you, that you want to accomplish at some point? I, I see these people with all these big fancy spreadsheets and all this sort of data on the offensive side of it. And there isn't as much of that on the defensive side. And I think it'd be fun to try to build something out. Um, but that's such a massive undertaking. I also realize I probably don't have the time to do that on my own, um, just with the day job and all the kids and all that sort of stuff. I don't like to overcommit. If I'm going to say I'm going to do something, I want to show up and do it and do it right, be able to adapt. Um, so I, I, I don't really know. I haven't planned that far ahead just because I don't know what sort of capacity I'm going to have to do it. But some sort of project, even digging into one of the things that I thought of is you know looking at all of the rookie defensive backs over the past like five years and seeing like how many of these guys actually play a significant number of snaps, just looking at that purely and then identifying like, is there a way to figure out which ones are going to hit or are more likely to hit based on draft capital um, or anything like that over the you know first three years of their career. So like I have stuff like that percolating around in my head that would be fun for me. I don't know how much value it would hold for other people, but also you know the amount of time that goes into that, I have to sort of balance out with everything else before I commit to it. 
Yeah, I hear you, man. That, that would be cool, though. That'd be good stuff. Um, you know, more information, the better. So uh, I hope you get a chance to do it at some point. Uh, okay, and then anything, <laughs> yeah, anything uh, you want to plug or talk about or shout out, floor is yours. Yeah, yeah, I mean, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. These shows have been a lot of fun to listen to, you know, with the different guests that you've had on. Um, I know Gary was on one. JJ, you're sort of going through some of the guys on Gridiron Ratings now. But, you know, even the the earlier shows when I wasn't completely sure what it was, I really like things where you can get to know people, just not all fantasy football stuff, because you can get so bogged down and it just it bounces around in your head. Well, getting lost in some of the stuff when it's all fantasy football all the time. So I really like this, just sort of sit down and chat and get to know people. So I like the concept. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. But where do I find my stuff? Um, Roto Heat mainly. Um, Twitter, it's at Roto Heat Craig, and it's Craig with a K because my parents had to make my life difficult. Um, on their <laughs> offseason, uh, IDP Heat Seekers is Monday night at 8.30 Central. That's off during the like start of September when the season starts up. That'll be done, but you can find all my written work over there. Currently, Gridiron Ratings has the Getting Defensive on Tuesday nights that I'm on with uh, Gary, the IDP tipster, and then a whole bunch of different guests. They'll be moving to Mondays in season with Gary and Brandon. Of course, Player Normal Activities on Roto Heat's YouTube. It's me talking like I uh, said at the start of the show with whatever guest of the week it is going over an NFL player, if they're choosing and then a personal or historical sort of paranormal experience that they want to talk about. So a couple different places doing a couple different things, um, but it's still a lot of fun. I enjoy doing it. Yeah. Awesome, man. You do a great job too. So uh, I definitely appreciate having you on and you taking the time. Thanks. This has been a really, really good one. Let me get you out of here on this. So do you think it's possible that road rage is because someone has to make a poop? I'm sure that that happens, how much it happens. I don't know, but I can tell you from working in the insurance industry, um, <laughs> I think that there's two things. One, people are distracted all the time these days, you know, to a point where, you know, some people say, oh, I'm a great driver driving distracted. It's like relative to what I think would be the first thing to say uh, to that person. You know, just the fact that you've never gotten into an accident doesn't mean you're a good driver. But two, a lot of accidents are just because people are a-holes out there on the road. You know, people get overly, like possessive about a piece of public roadway like this is my spot you can't come over here it's like we're all supposed to be living together and working together to a common goal we all want to get somewhere safely and have let's stop being a-holes to each other and just drive appropriately and i think that unfortunately is where a lot of these things come from is you're either not paying attention or you're a jerk yep i hear you man i hear you um yeah, good stuff right there. And okay, make sure everyone goes and follows Craig. He's at Roto Heat Craig K, uh, host of Player Normal Activity, Getting Defensive and IDP Heat Seekers. Craig, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. This has been a good one. Yeah, this has been great. I appreciate me having me. On. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, and I look forward to hearing the ones in the future that you got going. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Uh, all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next Monday, 7 a.m. Have a good rest of the week and take care. Bye-bye.
God damn it.